0: Galatians chapter 20, I'd like to begin reading in verse 11. As the Bible said, I saw a great white throne, and in him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works." The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the, death, the dead which were in them. They were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in to the lake of fire. I want to preach and teach this morning for the next few minutes As we look at the great white throne judgment, the great white throne judgment. It is a sobering fact that all of us have to realize and we have to face that we're all going to have to face judgment one day. Regardless of our station or our status, one must prepare to meet God and to meet our maker. The word of God says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 he said it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment. The apostle Paul tells us in Acts chapter 17 verse 31 he said because he was appointed a, he has appointed a day on which he will judge the worlds in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Judgment is coming without a doubt. How will you be judged? How will you stand before God? There are a number of judgment scenes found in the Word of God. And before we get into the study of the Great White Throne Judgment, we want to look at a few of these as we lead into this. And I want us to take a few minutes this morning to look at these judgments. The first judgment that we want to look at is the judgment of the cross. You see, at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, judgment was passed upon sin. When we bow at the cross, our sins are washed away and we'll never have to face those sins again. I want you to keep that in mind as we study and as we preach this morning about that when we bow before the cross and the blood of Jesus is applied to our heart and our sins are covered, we will never have to face those sins again. You see, the word of God says that they have gone on beforehand to the judgment. For Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24, he said, Some men's sins are clearly evident proceeding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. You see, upon kneeling at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, today we can have judgment passed upon our sins, and our sins can be cast into the depths of the sea, never to be looked upon again. For they'll be blotted out and we'll never have to face them. They'll never come up before us ever again in our time. The second judgment we want to look at this morning is the judgment of rewards. At this judgment, the Christians will be judged according to their works. Now this judgment will be conducted in a great audience chamber of heaven before the judgment seat of Christ. All Christians must face judgment. For Paul said in Romans 14 and 12, he said so, then every one of us having given account of himself to God every one of us is going to have to stand before God and give an account of our actions and what we've done before the Lord. You see, this judgment will not determine your attendance into heaven. For heaven, it's not earned. To get into heaven, you don't earn your way in, but you go to heaven by the grace of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ. For this judgment doesn't determine whether you're going to get to go to heaven or not, but to enter in through the grace of God. But this judgment will be a judgment of rewards for the labor of God's children. It'll take place when Christ comes to rapture His church out of this world. Revelations 22 and 12, He says, And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to His works. Then the saints will be rewarded according to their faithfulness in their service for the kingdom of God and His church. They will be given crowns, and rewards for all of their labors. The third judgment that we want to look at briefly this morning is the judgment of nations. You see, this judgment will be held on the earth when the Lord comes in the power and great glory. For This judgment will be conducted before He establishes His millennial kingdom upon the earth. (coughs) for the tribulation period has already taken place and at the end the Antichrist has came on the scene the false prophet has came on the scene and there we find that the Antichrist has gathered the nations to come against Israel in the great battle of Armageddon and here we find that at this point when they're about to attack when they're there this is when Jesus Christ and the saints of God is going to come back riding on that white horse and when the battle of Armageddon is going to take place and it's at the end of the battle of Armageddon when Jesus Christ and the angelic beings of heaven and the saints of God that are riding upon the white horses with him is going to come back gain victory over the Antichrist win the battle of Armageddon and at this time this is when the judgment of nations is going to come upon the world. You see, he will call all the nations before him and judge them according to their treatment of the Jews that's how my friend how important it is for I believe for us to keep an alliance with the, with the nation of Israel this is how important it is for us to support the Jewish people this is how important it is for the body of Christ to always have prayer always pray for the nation of Israel and the turn of Israel it is an important thing you see this judgment will result in the division or the separation of what is called in the Bible the sheep nations and the goat nations. When you look in the book of Matthew chapter 25 beginning in verse 31 you'll find that when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory all nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep upon his right hand but the goats on the left. You see some will be saved for the earthly kingdom and will reign with Christ for a thousand years. Others will be confined to everlasting fire and everlasting punishment. We can find in Matthew 25 verse 34 it said then the king will say to those on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. And then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For God will purge out his kingdom. All things that offend and them which do iniquity will not be able to exist in the kingdom of God. Now as we go on further, we look at the fourth judgment that we want to look at this morning is the great white throne judgment the final judgment that we're going that's going to be faced uh, is the great white throne judgment this judgment will take place at the end of the millennial reign the thousand years uh, this judgment will be conducted by the judge of all men which is Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior seated upon a sparkling white throne uh, whose glory is so magnificent uh, and so great that the heaven and the earth uh, shall both flee away. For Revelations 20 and 11 said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. It disappeared. You see, evidently, the Scripture means that the heavens above us, which we behold with our natural eyes, and the earth will take their flight. When you begin to think about that, I couldn't understand why that this would happen. And then I began to realize this that the earth will flee away because it was the scene of man's sin where Christ was driven to Calvary to shed his precious blood upon the cross. And then we can find the heavens will flee away that it is the at. Atmospheric heaven, because it is the dwelling place of Satan, the prince and the power of the air, for those who are who are holding on to the world and making this world their portion and not their passage, needs to remember the Bible said in first John two and seventeen, and the world is passing away, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. For we can hold on to this world, and the world is going to pass away. But we need to make it our passage and not our passion. The world can't be number one. It can't be the only thing we think about. uh, But we've got to realize uh, that this is not the final destination. This is just a temporary dwelling place uh, for the saints of God uh, until Jesus Christ comes. You see, when this judgment comes, all hope is gone for those who have made the world their portion. Those that are still in the earth, that have not repented of their sins, that did not accept Jesus Christ, all hope is gone at this point for salvation. The great white throne judgment is not a general judgment where both righteous and the wicked shall stand before God but it is the judgment of the wicked only. You see it's not the throne of a king anymore but it's the throne of a judge. It's not a governing throne but a throne of sentence and the judge pronounces a verdict of eternal punishment. Who will be judged at the great white throne judgment? The Bible doesn't leave this to guesswork but yet it tells us plainly in Revelations chapter 20 verse 12 and 13 as he said I saw the dead small and great standing before God and books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his works. Now according to our study of the former judgments the righteous have already been judged at this time. Therefore only those lost or the wicked shall come before the great white throne judgment. Those who have died outside of Christ will be held in confinement until to the morning of judgment, and then their bodies will be brought forth from the grave, and their spirit will unite with their bodies and be brought to the great white throne judgment of God. This is called the second resurrection. The second resurrection, which is the resurrection to shame and everlasting punishment, will take place at the great white throne judgment. When the sea will give up its dead, death and hell shall deliver up their dead, to stand in judgment before Almighty God. The question is asked, if the unrighteous are to be judged at this time, why does the judge open the book of life? If the only thing that's in the book of life is the righteous, why was the book of life opened at the great white throne judgment when it was only the wicked that was standing before God? The book of life will be opened to prove to those who are being judged that they're unworthy of eternal life. For their names are not written in the book. For Revelations 20 and 15 said, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life uh, was cast into the lake of fire. You see, you can have the assurance today that your name is written in the book of life. For Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 verse 20, Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. We need to have make sure that our relationship with God is open. You see, it's not just enough to know that he's God. It's not enough to know that he exists. It's not enough to live on the stories of grandmother and granddaddy. It's not enough to live on the stories. And the information that comes from mom and dad, but every man, every woman, every boy, every girl has got to have a one on one relationship with Jesus Christ. You've got to know God for yourself. Your relationship that your grandmother had is not going to get you to glory. Your relationship your granddaddy had is not going to stand before God and it's not going to get you into heaven. My friend, we've got to have a born again relationship with Jesus Christ on our own. We've got to know him personally as our Lord, as our Savior, and as our Deliverer if we want to be the righteous of God. You see, so it's better to have your name recorded on high than to have it recorded in every book of names throughout the world. Job said in Job 16 and 19, he said, My witness is in heaven and my record is on high. The purpose of this judgment is not to decide whether a person is saved or lost because this was decided before man ever dies. At this judgment, it's not going to decide whether or not you're lost or you're saved. That's already been decided before you took your last breath. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, He said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believe not shall be damned. In John 3 and 18, He that believes not is condemned already. Unless a sinner receives forgiveness from God, he's facing eternal judgment. No sinner will be exempt from the judgment for the scripture says in Revelations 20 and 12, I saw the dead small and great stand before the God. It doesn't matter whether you was a peon and lived in a peon's hut or you were the president of a nation and you lived in the White House. At this time, your status upon the earth no longer is in play. It no longer determines whether or not you're going to be there or not. But my friend, your actions, your deeds, and your confession has already condemned you to this place if you're there at the great white throne judgment. You see, the judge of all the earth is no respecters of persons. He will not regard or distinguish. There will be no bribe and no appeal to a higher court. All the judgments will be final. There will be no chance for a rebuttal. There will be no one to help in that day. Man will not get away from his works, for the Bible says the dead will be judged according to his works. Man dies and leaves this world, but his works follow him to the judgment. His sins follow him to judgment. At the judgment, his sin will be condemned, will condemn him to the lake of fire. Hidden sins will be brought to light, and full justice will be measured out. No, Not one sin that man has committed will go unpunished. Not one sin that we committed will go hid. They will all be exposed. Romans 6 and 23 said, For the wages of sin is death. Be sure that your sins will find you out. If sin does not find you out in this present life, remember it will be waiting on you at the judgment to be exposed before the judge of all the earth who sits upon the throne of purity with eyes of a flaming fire and will look into the darkest recesses of your heart and reveal your sins before the whole congregation. At the great white throne judgment there will not be a debate with God over right or wrong. Men will be without an excuse, but it will be revealed of the evil of humanity and will show forth the justice of God and His anger against sin. All pleas for pardon will be rejected. For men once stood before a Savior will now stand before a judge and all verdicts will be guilty. No doubt some will make a plea for a pardon on the basis of their goodness their good deeds, their benevolence and all the works that they did but Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 22 he said many will say to me in that day Lord, Lord have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name and then I will declare unto them I never knew you depart from me you worker of iniquity O sinner Your good deeds will not stand the test of judgment. Merely to be a good person and a respectable citizen is not enough. We need to get this in our heart. You can be the the best guy on the block. You can be the best mom in the country. You can be looked at in the most favorable eyes of everybody that live around you. You can sit on on every board in society. You can be a part of the the city council. You can be a part of the government cycle. You can be a part of everything that determines that you're an extinguished uh, or you're a distinguishing individual, that you're beyond character, that you're a great person. But, friend, being a great person is not going to get you into heaven. Because we've all come short of the glory of God and have sinned. The only way to overcome that sin is to repent of those sins at the cross of Calvary, have the blood of Jesus Christ, to blot them out, cast them into the sea of forgetfulness so that our sins will go before me and not follow after me. We want our sins to go before us, not coming after us. Being a good person is not good enough. To belong to the church and the civic societies is not enough. I want you to get this in your mind. Being a church member is not a guarantee you're going to heaven. You can sit on the pastor's council, be the, church, the clerk of the church. You can be the superintendent. You can be the pastor of the church. But it don't mean you're going to heaven if your relationship with God is not where it's supposed to be. To be charitable and give to the poor is not enough. Paul said in Ephesians 2 and 89, he said, For by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Don't put God off for another day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. We want to think in our mind in our human nature that life is going to keep ebbing on the way that it is. It's never going to change. We've got a hundred more years to live. We've got our lives to live out. We've got our kids to raise. We've got our grandkids coming. We've got all these things that never's going to change and the world's going to be just the way it is right now for another hundred years. Honey, i got a wake-up call for you. This thing's about over and it's not going to to. be this way from now on and if you want to believe that and you want to put a blinded eye to that uh, you're living in a fantasy world uh, that's going to lead you down the road to sudden destruction because you're not willing to look at reality now is the opportunity to make your heart right with the Lord tomorrow may be too late we're not guaranteed there's going to be a tomorrow Today he will pass judgment upon your sins and cast them into the depths of the sea. I want to encourage you this morning to open your heart. Let God search your heart this morning. Let him search your spirit. Let him give you the assurance this morning that if today's the day that Jesus comes and the rapture takes place that we're rapture ready. Now, this morning, in having such a spiritual service as we were having, it's very difficult to get up and preach a hard message like this. But I feel with every fiber in my spirit that I'm on target. I don't care how much shouting we did before I got up behind the pulpit. It ain't about the shout. I didn't come looking for a shout this morning. I come looking for the truth. I come looking for the Spirit of God to deal and prick our hearts. I come looking for the Holy Ghost to convict us of sin. I come looking for the Holy Ghost to search the deepest depths of our inner being and if there's anything that we've hid we've ignored, we've uh, tended to just look away from that we don't want to look at because it's so severe and so bad we don't even want to admit it's there. That's what I want the Holy Ghost to grab a hold of our heart with this morning and I want God to convict us and I want us to feel the urge that we need to repent all over again. We need to get saved all over again. We need to be sure this morning that our our heart and our soul and our spirit is blood washed by the blood of the Lamb that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that we're not going to be with the wicked that stand before the great white throne judgment but our sins are not going to follow us uh, and not going to chase us to judgment but we're going to put our sins in front of us uh, and we're going to put them under the blood of Jesus uh, and Jesus is already going to pass judgment on them uh, while he's the judge of mercy and grace uh, not while he's the judge and the punisher and the the one that's going to put the eternal destruction upon those that stand before him. It may sound like a hard message, but there's some hard reality that we've got to look at. We're no longer in a time that playing church is going to work. We're no longer in a time that pretending that we're righteous is going to get the job done. We're no longer in a position where we can be righteous on Sunday and live like the devil on Monday and through the week and come back in on next Sunday morning and shout like our shoes is on fire and expect God to move in our lives. That time's over. It's done. God said, I'm tired of it. I've had it up to here. I'm sick of sin. Now it's time to realize that judgment's coming. I want to face God as my merciful Savior, not as my judge and jury. I want to stand before him and send my sins before me, not after me. This morning, I ask you to search your heart and think about where you stand with God. Would you stand with me this morning all over the house? For the next few minutes, if you'll just indulge me, I want you to just focus your heart and your mind upon your relationship and your heart with God. And I want us for the next few minutes to search ourselves. And I want us to ask ourselves, where are we standing with God this morning? What have we not repented over? What have we ignored? What have we let just become in the background that we've tried to put out of our mind and we've tried to forget about. As God began to deal with my heart this week, as I spent time in my study alone and I spent time in prayer, God began to convict my heart. I've not went out and sinned. I've not committed anything. I've not done anything. But through the power and the drawing of His Holy Ghost and His Word, just being under the power and the presence and the anointing of the Word of God, made my heart feel convicted. And This morning I pray that that same Holy Ghost power, that same convicting spirit, will come upon every person here. Not because I think you're a sinner. Not because I think you're not saved. But just because as your pastor, I want to make sure you're ready to go to heaven.